Welcome to Canada's National Bible Hour. This is Brian Albrecht, your host and president of Mission Go. Our scripture reading today is found in Galatians chapter 5, verses 24 and 25, which say, And they that are Christ's have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. The whole point of the Christian life is to be connected with Christ. And we do that by confessing our sins, by allowing Him to be the Lord of our lives, and be submissive to His will. And as we do these things, we not only walk in the Spirit, and the Spirit is energizing us to give us thoughts about Christ and also give us wisdom and guidance and direction. And as we walk in them, we make a tremendous impact and influence on those around about us, and we do the will of God. What a great privilege it is to serve a risen Savior who empowers us to do His work and to do His will. Great 
This is a radio edition of Global Times. Today we have in our studio Abu Saad, who's one of our global missionaries who's working in the Middle East. He's been there for several years and uh, actually grew up there, and uh, God has really blessed him. He's called him and has used him in a mighty way. He's had the privilege of ministering in, in lots of different countries over there, including Syria and uh, Iraq and Lebanon and uh, Turkey and uh, Libya and Sudan and, and uh, many other places. And today, uh, I think we want to talk a lot about uh, the Bible distribution and the Word of God and uh, how powerful it is in, a, in the lives of so many. And so, Abu, why don't you share how the Lord's uh, using the Word of God to uh, share the gospel of Christ in the Middle East? Yes, uh, thank you, Dr. Brian. This is uh, a privilege for me to share what uh, God is doing through the the distribution of the Bible in the area uh, there. Uh, today, uh, as we distributing this, we believe 100% that the Word of God uh, will make the way and will get bear the fruit and set the people free. That's what the Bible said. Uh, so today we're doing this because we believe that the Word of God only, even if we don't uh, talk or we don't uh, have uh, any reaction with people, that the Word of God, the printed uh, Word, will uh, bear fruits. Uh, we're seeing this uh, through the years. Many times uh, uh, when we were distributing, uh, we got uh, an email or uh, uh, as an SMS or a short text message and say, uh, I, was, uh, I had this uh, Bible uh, since long time ago in our home. And we're talking about Muslims now uh, who has those uh, Bibles because we distribute uh, many every month, a couple thousands. So they, uh, we had this testimony says, um, it's been a long time ago uh, in our drawer and uh, today I uh, open it and I couldn't even uh, close it. I want to read it all. And then I find your address on it. And then here I'm asking you how you can help me uh, to know more and uh, to or to receive Christ or I'm ready. Uh, some people say I'm ready. It's uh, help me lead me how to be uh, a follower of Christ or disciple uh, me. So we have uh, those uh, requests and uh, we're glad because uh, we distribute thousands. And when we get uh, those uh, uh, feedbacks, uh, we uh, we get excited to to see how uh, seriously and and uh, so as we uh, know that uh, the word of God doesn't uh, come back void, uh, we trust we trust the Lord. Beside beside this, uh, we having today uh, while we're distributing the the Bibles, uh, we're having all the social media on it. Uh, we're having the opportunity to reach out um, all uh, ages uh, through that uh, Facebook, uh, email, uh, f uh, Twitter. Uh, we have website. Uh, we have even on our website we have a e church that we can uh, reach those who we cannot see them weekly, especially girls today. Um, lots of girls in Middle East, uh, as a Muslim, they don't let them go out uh, their families, but they have internet at home. So praise God for the technology. So we can meet with them face to face on uh, the uh, internet. Uh, so uh, we sing with them, uh, we make we make just a church. Uh, we sing, we uh, preach the gospel, uh, and they can choose also uh, some uh, songs uh, uh, with other people, not just one-on-one, but uh, we will be a couple uh, people meeting on uh, one time. Uh, it's interesting always when uh, 
God opened doors to use any opportunities, uh, technology or others to do that. And uh, we're happy to see the feedback from pastors uh, today. We are getting calls uh, just uh, uh, the pastor to say thank you for what uh, have you done in our church uh, you changed us you uh, challenged us to to distribute the bible because uh, today uh, everyone i believe even you are hearing me today you can do that wherever you are uh, you're uh, staying you can give away one bible as a gift for somebody today can't you do this we're doing this uh, today and i'm challenging pastors today to do that in the whole middle east and uh, we're so blessed uh, yes it is challenge but you can do it as we yeah. are doing it we everyone uh, we can do it that's how we can make the great commission a daily commitment yes and the lord has really blessed us because we have our own pretty press and um we can produce Arabic Bibles for uh, about $5 a copy. Isn't that correct? That's true. Uh, today, uh, the cost for uh, one um, Bible to be distributed, uh, it's costing us $5. So we appreciate uh, your help and your support uh, for that. So it includes not only the printing of the Bible, but also distributing to a person so the Bible actually gets where it's supposed to go. And it's given in Christ's name by a Christian. So that's the blessing of that. Thank you so much for sharing with us about the Word of God. Uh, the Word of God is alive and powerful, and it's sharper than a two-edged sword, and it pierces the dividing of the sun or the soul and the spirit, and the joints of the marrow. The Lord is really blessed, and um, we're so thankful that you have this privilege of sharing the Word of God because it never returns void and always produces fruit. And so we're so thankful for this great privilege. Thank you for sharing with us today, Abu. Thank you so much for listening to Canada's National Bible Hour and for your prayer and financial support over the years. This is a new year and we're trusting the Lord that he'll be able to meet our needs and to help us. And we trust that many of you will remember us in, in your will so that we can continue this broadcast into the future. This month we're offering a booklet entitled Spiritual Gifts. It's a tremendous booklet in that it uh, sort of talks about the different gifts. It actually uh, tells you where the gifts are found. It tells you, uh, gives you a description of uh, what the gifts are. And I find it to be quite a quite an exciting uh, little booklet to, uh, for those of us who have been serving for many years, to just refresh and to think about how God has used us and the different gifts that we may have to be used e even into the future. But it's a good handy booklet to um, understand spiritual gifts across the whole New Testament. And it's a great blessing and a great encouragement. To um, get your copy of Spiritual Gifts, write to Canada's National Bible Hour, Box 1210, St. Catharines, Ontario, L2R787, or in the United States at Box 2010, Buffalo, New York, 14231. Brethren, we have met to worship and adore the Lord our God.
Today's message is from Reverend Art Larson and is entitled Revival, Something We All Need. Printed copies are available upon request. A man was watching a stranger with his very beautiful dog. He walked up to him and said, I bet your dog is a pointer or a setter. Wrong, the man replied. He's a disappointer and an upsetter. Unfortunately, there are lots of people like that. You probably know some. I do. They're all over the place. But also, unfortunately, there are some church members professing Christians who are disappointers and upsetters. They're complainers, not commenders. They're gossipers, not gospelers. They're gripers, not givers. They're loafers, not laborers. They're pouters, not prayers. And if you're going to be a Christian, you must give yourself completely to the Lord Jesus Christ, every part of you, with no strings attached, to be used for his glory and for the good of others. We need revival to create that kind of a dedication and spirit within the professing church today. And I continue today the subject of revival with Charles Finney, the great revivalist, who said revival is a return to the first love by Christians, resulting in the conviction and conversion of sinners to God. Revival is a new beginning of obedience to God. It's a special season of heart-searching when many believers simultaneously experience a deep Holy Spirit conviction of sin. Revival is when God draws near and manifests His holy presence. We've been urging everyone to pray three prayers for revival. Habakkuk 3.2 O Lord, revive your work in the midst of the years. Psalm 85 verse 6 Wilt thou not revive us again? that your people may rejoice in you. And then Psalm 143, verse 11, Revive me, O Lord, for your name's sake. And we began to look at questions Jesus asked, since revival is distinctly centered in the person and work of the Lord Jesus Christ. Since revival is really a Christ awakening within the hearts of his people, and then a spiritual awakening that results throughout the land. And so we looked at the questions Jesus asked, and the first one we saw was in Matthew 16, verse 15, a question concerning our confession. Who do you say that I am? Who am I to you? And we saw that Peter answered, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said, Peter, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. My Father has revealed it to you from heaven. The implication of this confession is that when man looks on the outward appearance and God looks on the heart, Jesus saw in Peter a genuine confession of faith in Jesus Christ, not repeating something that flesh and blood or someone else taught him to say, 
I trust today you have had a personal experience with him and know him without a shadow of a doubt as your personal Savior and Lord, and that your confession is clear, having believed in your heart and trusted him personally as your Savior. If not, do that today. That determines whether you go to heaven or to hell when you die. The second question we considered was Matthew 26:40, in the great crisis hour when Jesus, facing the cross, took the disciples and then Peter, James, and John a little further and told them to watch with him. He went and prayed in such agony that blood fell from his body, dripping like sweat from his body. And he prayed, O oh, Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me, yet not my will, but thine be done. And when he came back, they were asleep, and he asked them this question, what, could you not watch with me, with me one hour? We saw that prayer is the key to revival. It's the key to everything. And that if you have a great church, it's because you have a praying church. If you are an effective Christian, it's because you are a praying Christian. And that we must call upon the Lord who invites us to call upon him, and that he will answer us and show us great and mighty things that we know not. That if we humble ourselves and pray and seek his face and turn from any wicked ways in our life, that he will hear from heaven, he will forgive our sin, and then, only then will he heal the land. And so we're thinking of revival today. And now we look at another question Jesus asked, and this causes us to search our hearts. Do I need revival? Well, listen to the question that Jesus asks in John 14, beginning at verse 1. This is part of the interrupted sermon of Jesus. It was Simon Peter who had interrupted him at the end of chapter 13, and now in chapter 14. And Jesus, by the way, did not mind this. He wanted to make sure the disciples understood what he was saying. And the Lord does not mind at all when you ask him and ask him about things that you do not understand. And search the scriptures daily to see if they're stow, and study the, 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 the truth of God's word to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that need not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Jesus said in John 14, familiar words, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not where thou goest. How can we know the way? Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Now notice as I read on verses 7 through 9, John 14. If you had known me, Jesus said, you should have known my Father also. But from henceforth, from now on, you know him and have seen him. Philip saith unto him, Lord, show us the Father, and it sufficeth us. Show us the Father, and we'll be satisfied. And Jesus said, here's the question for today. Have I not been with you such a long time, and you still do not know me, Philip? He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. And how sayest thou, show us the Father? This question, along with the question about our confession and our communion, has to do with our comprehension of who Jesus really is. Not only do you know him, but do you know him more intimately now than you knew him a year ago? 
or five years ago or ten years ago? Do you know him better now than you knew him when you first came to know him? Do you have the longing that the Apostle Paul had? Oh, that I may know him in the power of his resurrection, in the fellowship of his sufferings, being made conformable unto his death. In other words, have you comprehended who Jesus really is? That the Jehovah of the Old Testament is the Jesus of the New. And that, as he said, if you had known me, you should have known my Father also. But from now on you know him, you have seen him. And when Philip said, we don't understand, how, how can we see the Father? Show, he, show the Father to us and we'll be satisfied. And Jesus said, have I been such a long time with you and you still don't know me? Philip, he that has seen me hath seen the Father. And how sayest thou then, show us the Father? Here is Philip, one of the disciples who had, who had uh, eaten and walked with Jesus and seen the miracles and heard his wonderful messages and saw his spotless, sinless, perfect life and heard him pray and watched him with compassion meet the need of others and listened to his teaching about the Father and did not realize that Jesus was, as the scripture says, Emmanuel, God with us, that Jesus was God manifested in human flesh, and that as he listened to him and walked with him and met with him and prayed with him and learned from him, that he would become more and more like Jesus. That's God's whole purpose. A Christian is someone who has the life of God in him, in whom Christ lives, and the Holy Spirit comes to dwell and makes Jesus real in him and through him. But so many people profess to know Christ, but never, never read their Bibles much, never spend much time in prayer, and certainly never grow in grace and knowledge of the Lord. As Peter later said in one of his letters, 1 Peter chapter 2, he said, laying aside all the ugly things of sin in our life, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that you may grow thereby. Grow in what way? Grow to know him better. Grow to be more like him. Grow to be more mature in all our decisions, in all our words and actions. Grow to be more and more usable and effective for him, that you may grow thereby. If so be, he says, that you have tasted that the Lord is gracious if you truly have tasted and seen the Lord is good and gracious, you've been born again as a newborn babe, just as a physical babe desires milk, you will desire the milk of the word of God. And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's how we grow. In fact, in Second Peter or Second Corinthians, rather, chapter three, it says, the Lord is that spirit where the spirit of the Lord is. There is liberty. Verse 18 of second Corinthians three. We all with unveiled face beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the spirit of the Lord. It was Martin or Warren Wiersbe rather who said this when the child of God looks into the word of God and sees the son of God, he or she is changed by the Spirit of God into the image of God for the glory of God. May I repeat that so you can think about it today? When the child of God looks into the Word of God and sees the Son of God, he or she is changed by the Spirit of God 
into the image of God for the glory of God. Jesus is saying, Have I been with you such a long time and you still don't know me? He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. How long have you been saved? And how well and how deeply do you know him? Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Is that true of your life? It was J. Sidlow Baxter who wrote, Oh, that I may know him. Ah, I long to know not just a Christ of far gone years ago, nor even reigning on a heavenly throne too high and distant to be really known. I long to know him closely. This is how, alive and in the ever-pressing now, communicating his all-conquering power, this living Christ within my heart this hour, who now no longer lives from me apart, but shares his resurrection in my heart. If we're going to see revival today, and it is often called re-Bible, we must get into the word of God and on our face before God in prayer and let God search out our hearts until we come to know him more intimately, until we're really growing in grace. So many of us have bitter spirits. There's very little grace in our life. You may be doctrinally correct, and that's very essential, but if you don't have grace as well as truth in your life, and Jesus was full of grace and truth, then you are missing the whole picture of what a Christian is to be. Balance is the important thing, full of grace and truth. When the great missionary Adoniram Judson was home on furlough, he passed through the city of Stonington, Connecticut. Connecticut. A young boy playing about the wharfs at the time of Judson's arrival was struck by the man's appearance. Never before had he seen such a light on any human face. He ran up the street to a minister to ask if he knew who the stranger was. The minister hurried back with him, but became so absorbed in conversation with Adoniram Judson, the missionary, that he forgot all about the impatient youngster standing near. Many years afterward, that boy, who could never get away from the influence of that wonderful face, became the famous preacher Henry Clay Trumbull. In a book of memoirs, he penned a chapter entitled, What a Boy Saw in the Face of Adoniram Judson. That lighted countenance had changed his life. Even as flowers thrive when they bend to the light, so shining, radiant faces come to those who constantly turn toward Christ. A true believer in Christ should radiate the joy of Christ. It is easy to tell a Christian who's walking close to the Lord and growing in grace and knowledge of Him. There's joy on their face that can't be explained in any other way. And folks that see Christians coming out of churches today will either see the joy of Christ or the misery of self-centered living. May God bring revival to the church, re-Bible to the church, Christ awakening to the church, and the joy of the Lord to be our strength so that we will not be rebuked when Jesus says, have I been so long with you and you still don't know me, but we will know him in an intimate and deeper way every day as we feed on his word, as we fall on our face before him, and as we pray, Lord, revive thy work. Lord, revive us. Lord, revive me, so that your joy will be my strength. If you lead people to heaven, then wear heaven on your face. I trust that the message you just heard will be a real blessing to you throughout this next week as you contemplate some of the truths that have been presented to you. Here at Canada's National Bible Hour, we're concerned about people growing in their faith and being discipled through the messages and uh, the programs that we present, but also we're concerned about those who may be listening to our broadcast who don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. 
And of course, this is a new year and to be a new start if you would ask Jesus to come into your heart, if you don't already have that relationship with him. And the scriptures are very clear about what needs to happen. First of all, God says that he, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Is eternal life, eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So the Lord Jesus is the one that did the work on the cross. He's the Savior. He paid your penalty for your sins, and he rose on the third day, and your sins can be forgiven if you ask him to come into your life. Old things pass away, behold, all things become new. And as you grow closer to God, God uses you to bigger and greater extent. That's what the scripture promises. Remember to order your copy of Spiritual Gifts. I know it would be a great blessing to you. Box 1210, St. Catharines, Ontario, L2R7A7. Or in the U.S. at Box 2010, Buffalo, New York, 14231. Of course, you can hear past broadcasts on our website at www.missiongo, that's M-I-S-S-I-O-N-G-O dot org. Pray for us. Really would love for you to write in and get this book on spiritual gifts. May the Lord bless you throughout this next week.